0: Hi, folks. I'm Alan Wharton. this is Cutting Through the Matrix on January the 17th, 2016. Now, this is part two on the coming bankers' bail-ins, as they call the theft, the authorized and legalized theft. Yeah, when government approves it as legalized, you see, of the year of accounts in the banking system, things like that. So, um, everything's planned long, years in advance, folks, even before the last supposed crash. The last crash is only part of it In fact, back in the days of Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan They basically took all the government controls and watchdogs off of the Overseeing all the banking system and so on And says, let the market decide, it'll work out fine by magic, you know And uh, of course you hand, uh, you hand all authority to the wolves and you had 2008 crisis and all that, that entailed with a massive frauds that went on, and nobody went to jail for it or anything else, and the money just simply disappeared to money heaven, according to Alan Greenspan and others, money heaven, and I guess he and his cronies have got the, have got the keys of Peter or something to get in there. Or Michael. But anyway, there you go. So uh, we're, we're heading towards the plan. And I said it wouldn't happen, you see, until they'd push through the other part of the big plan to bring in their global society uh, and crisis, of course. It's going to be crisis creation to bring in the big next part of the plan they'd have to wait until they'd come to their signed agreements. They don't call them treaties anymore, because then it has to go through public debate and all the rest of it, or at least congressional debate or parliamentary debates. They don't want the public involved in these things, so they're called agreements, but they're putting it through as the same force of a treaty, basically. And uh, So they want to really plunder you that way, too, and you pay into dire austerity, which is poverty, uh, for the privilege of being alive under their system. So they can manage your lives properly And um, decide what you should buy and eat And uh, if anything at all And definitely not meat, they want you off meat altogether And things like that Or for those that can afford, of course you those that, Like government employees, they can still afford their roast etc But for the rest of the people, no, this is going to be priced out of sight Let me give you that like a meat stuff they have for the baloney sandwiches was made out chicken hash and all other kinds of leftovers and things all mixed together and they call it meat, you see. That's the that's been the new normal for a lot of people for a long time now, in fact. So tonight I'll go over the next part, of course, of the same series to do with uh, the coming bail-ins and so on. Uh, you know, you get bored sometimes with life because when you've read all their plans and you knew what they wanted to do long, long ago and they had all their meetings, the ongoing meetings annually, all the different organizations there are subsidiaries of the One Big World organization uh, and they, they put out their, their reports occasionally, nobody reads them. The media journal doesn't report on them at all because they're part of it too. They're meant to give you little feel-good stories, things like that, that don't make any difference to anything. And sports, of course, it's the same thing there, where grown men get paid millions of dollars to keep you uh, mesmerized, running around, playing a children's game. So, uh, you know, I just simply cut to what is reality, what reality is, as opposed to what you're conditioned to think it is. And what's normal anyway this article here says investors cry foul over bank balance some kept kind of quietish in the west a little bit didn't make a big deal about it uh it says it was an unpleasantly christmas present for some of the world's biggest investors they woke up on december the 30th to find that portugal had announced plans to impose heavy losses on almost two billion euros of senior bonds at Novo Banco, the bank created from the ruins of Banco Espirito Santo. I guess the spirit left that bank, you know. But it says the controversial move, prompting threats of lawsuits from some investors, was the latest in a series of rescue operations (laughs) launched for struggling banks in Greece, Italy, and Portugal in the last few weeks of 2015. In each case, national authorities were rushing to complete the financial reorganizations before tougher new rules were introduced across the European Union at the start of the the year, dictating how failing banks should be restructured. Alexander Birri, credit analyst at Standard & Poor's said, There's a changing of the guard. The control of the process moves to a European body. It'll be the same bunch, I guarantee you, folks. Everything's illusion, you know. Europe's new system, which puts bank bondholders at risk of a bail-in, that I means you grab your, the, your bonds, you, just, you lose them, basically, uh, rather than leaving taxpayers in the hook for a bailout, was But that's a lie, too, because you're all, they're going to also bail-in from, the, from uh, the taxpayers, too, when you read the wording of it all. They're very clever, these sods at the top. They've been at this for a long, long time. This says, was cemented with the creation on January 1st of the Single Resolution Board. There you go. Another board, self-appointed board, by the same banking establishment. This new Brussels-based body will take over responsibility for deciding when a bank has failed and for overseeing its resolution. They call it. Uh, Thomas Hurtis, partner at EY and former UK regulator, says, uh, In my view, what is driving this rush of activity is a concern about the shift of power uh, to the SRB and away from the national regulator's it is the new authority as well as the new rules Some investors are warning that the inconsistent, confusing way that authorities Are dealing with bank failures in the early days of Europe's new banking union uh, Yet yeah, the th- it was planned to do all that once you got the whole, the whole lot unified folks now, now you plunder them all and bring in the next part the new system, you see It says, um, well, banks don't need to issue more debt that can be bailed in Stolen from the public Overall, bank bond issuance has been stagnating in Europe. Last year, it fell by more than 10% uh, to 186 billion euros, excluding covered bonds. Analysts suggest sales of bonds may rise this year or be rise in part to meet the new requirements. So, it's just a lot of the usual investor. Uh, uh, mythologies here they, they keep pushing about how they're dealing with the it. It's meant everything's meant to go down into a world crisis, and the whole plan when they established the Bank for international Settlements, the private bank you see uh, established by themselves by the way the again by the private organization, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, and it comes from foreign relations the American branch now it's worldwide this is, with this trilateral uh, commission arm. Also, sound very official, but they're all private, one club They set up the BIS, the IMF and all the rest of it uh, To take over the power of every nation And put it onto their own hands, you see So we're simply living through the big long, long, uh, over a century script here This article here, Fed Ends the Too Big to Feel Lending to Collapsing Banks and it's not true. Again, when you read through their masses, thousands of pages, and so on, you find out no, there's still little loopholes of how they can decide uh, if you're still eligible for for uh, uh, helping bail out from the tax using the taxpayers' money, like the collapsing bank, as well as allowing them to bail in and or steal the depositors' money. It's all been signed into law, folks, and I read the articles a long time ago. The Federal Reserve is cutting its lifeline to big banks in financial trouble. Big joke. So, the Fed officially adopted a new rule Monday that limits its ability to lend emergency money to banks. And three, the new rule should uh, quash the notion that Wall Street banks are too big to fail. The translation is the government has to save them during a crisis. The Fed's new restrictions come from the Dodd Frank Act of 2010, which brought in a wave of reforms. After the financial crisis Under the new rule Banks that are going bankrupt Or appear to be going bankrupt Can no longer receive emergency funds From the Fed under any circumstances If the rule had been placed During the financial crisis It would have prevented the Fed From lending to insurance giant AIG uh, The Bear and Stearns Fed chair Janet Yellen points out uh, said a joke you know, It's all crooks that are in place everywhere. Every single name that you mention Politicians like Senator Elizabeth Warren have pushed the, the the Fed to end such emergency lending to banks are going under. She doesn't think the Fed's new rule goes far enough. There's still loopholes that the Fed could exploit it to, to exploit to provide another backdoor bailout to giant financial institutions. So it's the, they've left they putting loopholes into the new laws, you see. So they can don't forget the bankers speak with forked tongue. Uh, it says, at first glance, the new rule sounds like a common-sense change. If a bank is going under, American taxpayers shouldn't be billing it out. However, it's important to note that the new rule allows the Fed to judge by its own measures whether a firm qualifies for its emergency aid. See, there's the thing. It's important to note that the new rule allows the Fed to judge by its own measures. <laughs> their own measures, eh? whether a firm qualifies for its emergency aid. The idea is that the Fed can still lend to banks during times of emergency, but the bank must be able to pay it back. Yet the true health of a bank in turmoil can be very difficult to assess. And uh, so talking making clear guidelines and so on, which won't happen. won't happen. And it says here the Fed performs now the stress tests on banks to see how they perform in a mock financial crisis scenario. Well, the first thing they all do in all these big, big banks, the top staff and CEOs now will be making sure that the Swiss bank accounts are all pretty safe and, and protected, etc., because that's where they're... <laughs> you, think, you know, as I say, since they, they t- deregulated the banks back in the, the days of Reagan and Margaret Thatcher and gave them a free hand of what they wanted to do, uh, which helped to lead to the massive plundering of people and 2008 onwards to the present time, uh, you find that um, <laughs> they knew darn well what was going to happen. All you heard, by the way, from the days of Thatcher and Reagan to the, the first bank crisis, was some even during the bank. crisis, then mean after the bank crisis of two thousand eight, was was the extra billions they were giving their top CEOs and top analysts, etc., at the banks um, to take home as a bonus. That's all you heard. And some of the banks that got bailed out published the fact that they were giving millions of dollars to bonuses as bonuses to these CEOs right after it. But yeah, we live in an utterly corrupt system. Money itself is a con; it's never worth the same buying power from one day to the next. Did you decide on that? No. Someone you'll never meet in your life decides that. You see, it's a joke. So the stress tests and so on to see how they perform, a new rule can be seen as a warning sign from the Fed to big banks. Don't expect another bailout next time. I've said already. From the period, you know they've already mentioned they've left loopholes in there, so they can see if they qualify or not for a bailout as well as stealing is the bailin. So there you go. This article, it came out uh, again some. Uh, a little while ago, but about uh, Portugal. This is Portugal's bank balance sets a dangerous precedent. That was the 13th of January this year. As Europe belatedly gets around to repairing its weakest banks, investors who have lent to financial institutions by buying bonds face a brave new world, their money can be effectively confiscated to plug balance sheet holes. In other words, <laughs> with them, they all have magical bookkeeping in banks, you know. They have wizards working there, you know, and they also have a bunch of priests that their own their own banking priests that, that they 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 basically worship Mammon, and these these banking priests uh, pray to their deity uh, to make sure that all the the, the cattle down below. Uh, They're going to get bail in, money in in our haircuts, they call it stealing your money. It won't know about it till the last second, it's too late. It says, let's begin with uh, what before we get to the why. Here's what happened to the prices of five uh, uh, Portuguese bank bonds in the past few days. It says, uh, last year Portugal divided Banco Espírito Santo, previous nation's largest lender, into a good bank and a bad bank. If you owned any of those five bonds on Tuesday, you were owed money by Novo Banco, the good bank. On Wednesday, you were told that your bonds had been transferred to the BES, the bad bank. The Portuguese Central Bank selected five of Novo Banco's 52 senior bonds worth about 1.95 billion euros and reassigned them, thus backfilling, (laughs) they're working on a building site, a 1.4 billion euro hole in the Good Bank's balance sheets that had been revealed in November by the European Central Bank stress tests of the institution. At the time of those tests, the value of Novo Banco bonds rose because the capital shortfall was lower than some investors had feared, and the Good Bank was widely expected to be able to mend the deficit by selling assets. Instead, December 30th switcheroo means selected bondholders are footing the bill. Here's where the shoe pinches. The documentation for senior debt typically stipulates that all such debt is what's called pari passu. That is, all securities rank equally and none should get preferential treatment. It depends who you are, folks, and everything in this world. But by moving just five bonds off the healthy bank's balance sheet, but what a price for the five bonds i of read already, Portugal has destroyed the principle of equality between debt securities. There's nothing inherently wrong with bailing in bondholders who lent a failing institution. In other words, you put your money at a failing institution and you, you lose, you like gamble. It's certainly preferable to the old solution of using taxpayers' money to shore up failed banks, and it's enshrined in the European Union's new bank resolution and recovery directive, which came into effect on january the first. But the principle of equal treatment for ostensibly identical securities is a key feature of the bond market. The investors fear that at the mercy of capricious regulatory decisions in a restructuring, they will think more than twice before lending to banks. And it goes on and on and on. No. As I say, the whole banking system and the money system is run by crooks, folks. Nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. And their magical priesthood makes sure the magic goes out into the magical accounting that they do. And all the stuff they claim that they've got How much money they've lent out How much money they've got to got to lend out Versus what they have lent out on paper Which is always massively Grossly exaggerated Because that was made legal as well by your own governments long ago It's all run by faith you see All faith That's why in the US dollar bill They're a bit more honest in God we trust You know Doesn't mean God's (laughs) going to go along with you. He's God. He can do anything they want, right? Yep. There certainly isn't any practical science here. This one here, this article, Greek banks will have to tap bondholders for bailing cash. So it's not just Portugal, right? Moody's warns. And you can't trust Moody's either because they get paid, uh, this, this, this organization or company, uh, by the very companies They're supposed to be giving uh, credit scores to and so on It says investors in Greek banks Debt are left to see their investments Converted into shares as so to steal your, your money, your savings And they turn it into shares Worthless shares folks And your governments all signed this And i read the articles When every government including Canada and the States Signed this into law From the Bank for International Settlements Go on dot com. remember And you'll hear the talk it is as the bonds are ready to recapitalize the stricken lenders. Greece's troubled banks will have to tap bondholders for more capital. And the European Central Bank has studied the big four banks to see how they would cope with a new economic downturn. We're not in a, a, a depression. Folk. They never use the word depression anymore, you see, because it had bad consequences the last time they used it. So we've the, always been in recessions, you see. Name of upturns, et cetera, and, but in recessions. But never depressions, they call it. It says, and found they needed an extra 14.4 billion euros of capital. Piraeus Bank has the biggest hole at 4.9 billion euros, while the National Bank of Greece is close behind at 4.6 billion. Alpha Bank needs to find 2.7 billion euros, and Eurobank is 2.1 billion euros short. The banks have been told to raise the money by the end of the year. And Greece's banks are still laboring under capital controls Which li- limit the amount of cash customers can withdraw each day You're all going to be in the same boat, folks And once you start lending cash, you know Through the big bank of banks for all the private central banks uh, Believe you me, uh, that's the end of it Because once the everything's still got, still got compound interest With these, the, this money they lend to, to countries that are going under it's meant, See, compound interest is, 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 is so that you can never get out of debt. That's the law. Way back to the Old Testament, gives you a clue how it works. you find in the Old Testament, it wasn't just the old prophets who channeled God, apparently. And, and they always lambasted the merchants who were selling things at markets by fake, you know, faulty, uh, deliberately faulty, of course, weights and measures and things like that, but also to do with the the borrowing scam, because in those days, and it really hasn't changed, it's just the, the illusion and the way that it's run today, it's, it's very, very clever, actually, but in the old days, if a guy got into debt slavery, he was literally a slave, When you borrow, you're a slave Which also means your governments are slaves When they go off cap in hand All the time to the big lenders For cash They're putting you all down as slaves as well I hope you realise that (laughs) Because you vote for them, you see And In the Old Testament uh, If a guy went in His wife would get brought in as well And then any kids that they bore During their slave period Were owned as well by the slave master until the slave master said that the bond was paid Generally never, because they used compound interest as well You see, of what was owed by the borrower, who's now a slave, and his family And they tacked in as well their accommodations You know that little shack there And how much food you, you had uh, up to the present time And that was all double, triple, quadruple, charge, and so on, so on, so on And t- you in perpetual slavery Because that slave master naturally wants your generations to come off you as well because they're all producers and you create money for him, you see Nothing's changed It's just an illusion, they don't call it slavery anymore They don't call it that You're just going to austerity, like Greece and things like that oh, No, you're all austere now, you see And you can't just go and work and earn money and, and, and use it on No, 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 they'll decide if there's any work for you to do What they'll give you is the most meagre Scraped by whatever it is for, for doing the same kind of jobs too Even production You'll be getting uh, th- third world countries' wages Like in China uh, And you're supposed to be, great, be grateful for that They're never going to let you out of the trap, folks Which also means the generations to come We were already living in a system If you look at old movies from the 40s and 50s And you see them going to a store And there's the cans of this and cans Big cans too, of things at uh, five cents each. One movie I saw not long ago I had a guy filling up with gas and getting his oil check done, the whole thing. And it was one dollar total uh, for complete, you know, oil, the whole lot. They got five gallons of gas, complete oil check, and the whole thing, some oil added. They got their every window scrubbed for them. By the attendant in the garage. And it was a dollar. One dollar. And we take for granted. It ama- always amaze me how every, every year, people who, who mm-hmm. are still have got jobs think, well, uh, i get got pay raise, you know, and you have always got pay raise about January or so. And uh, you're always running backwards because the cost of devaluation of the currency, and the price is going up all the time, massively, the, the, the price increases massively outweigh, and have for the 1980s, outweighed uh, what you're actually earning. It's all a racket, it's a con job. Perfectly worked out, it's not by chance. And every dollar you get, uh, 80% of it now, is, is basically going back to pay off debt. So you've got 10 cents left to spend. So when you see something priced with $100, you're really only getting 10 bucks worth of something. I mean, you just throw money around like crazy today, like, like the peso. And it's all intentional. We all owe so much, supposedly, thanks to your democratic governments. Going off to borrow money all the time from the big private lenders. Uh, who just, uh, you know, give you a little check, basically, and then that uh, their private federal reserve and estates and different ones. And we kind of get, you see, it it's done in Germany, printed in Germany. I don't know if it still is now, they're plastic money. And, uh, or plastic notes. And um, they're worth less and less and less all the time. They're le- debt is lent into circulation, basically. Because of the money you already owe. Your government's already owe for getting that dollar in the first place. So that's the racket we live in. So if you think that getting sold into bondage into slavery because of debt was long gone, no, it's an illusion, folks. It's long gone. You just don't have the slave master standing over you with a whip right now. That's all. Jefferson said the same thing. When you see a generation born With a previously existing debt from a previous generation To pay off Then you know that you're a slave And that's been the same way for an awful long time folks It's a complete racket Now just to get back to the article about Greece and so on It says at the end I have to give you the story about how they're going to take the money from the, the investors or the bank, etc. If the banks cannot raise enough new funds, the government's rescue scheme, Scheme the government's rescue scheme, right? The Hellenic Financial Stability Fund, everything the government's got is from a taxpayer, folks. Steps in. The HFSF has €25 billion euros of resources that it can call on to complete the recapitalization. So, Balin and also, a bailout by a the taxpayer. There you go. <laughs> and then this article here. Haircut battle due to kick off within weeks. And it says, uh, the Grand Chamber comprising 15 judges of the European Court of Justice. If you want to see crooks, that's where you look for them, folks. We'll hear a number of appeals brought by Cypriot bank depositors who lost their money in the March 2013 haircut when their deposits were stalled, uh, stolen against the European Commission and the European Central Bank on February 2, 2016, the Sunday Mail is learned. Uh, Alper Rizzo QC, the Turkish Cypriot barrister, is an occasional contributor to Cyprus Mail and Sunday Mail, along with Christopher uh, Pascholides, solicitor, and uh, Antonis uh, Pascholides of the Cyprus Bar, that's their legal system. we represent the appellants in uh, Luxembourg. That's for Europe. Riesa says the appeal is of huge importance to many Cypriot depositors who lost billions in the 2013 haircut. I don't want to say what it is theft. Theft by the big banks. Why don't they say it? Theft. Call it a haircut. Oh, well, it'll grow back. Really? (laughs) Steal your money, what's going to grow back? Well, you're back to these, you know, magical priests that have got faith in mammon Asking their god to regrow your hair, I guess the case is also of general importance in the EU law, and the reason why the appeals will be heard by the Grand Chamber of the ECG, comprising 15 top judges, is because previous case law is unclear whether the European Commission and the ECB act as EU institutions, in <laughs> a dictionary here, or uh, in a freestanding capacity when performing their tasks under the 2012 European Stabilisation Mechanism Treaty, he said. In June 2012, Cy- uh, Cy- Cyprus applied to the EU for financial assistance to the recapitalize recapitalized Bank of Cyprus and Cy- uh, Cyprus Popular Bank, which, like many banks in Europe, faced financial difficulties owing to the fallout from the Greek financial crisis and the EU's dismal handling of the crisis resulting in the haircut, the theft, of Greek government bonds, causing the two banks uh, huge losses. The EU initially agreed to provide bank recapitalization assistance uh, As it was necessary to, re- to safeguard the, Euro- the eurozone Remember too, these banks across Europe and the world are completely interconnected Since they're always lending and borrowing from each other To prop up the, the appearance on their books, so they've got lots of cash That's what happened in 2008 too Anyway, and this goes through uh, what's been happening there and so on and how they basically st- stole forty-seven uh, percent of uninsured deposits—that's ones that were over a hundred thousand euro that are not insured by the banks, basically. So if you they had over that, but believe you me, if you had under we under that, you you still couldn't just draw your cash out of there, and, and I don't think you still can. You only get so much allowed per week or whatever. And and that's how they, they, they You think your money is yours? It's not yours You put it into into a bank And it's the banks, folks And as soon as you put it into the bank They're investing at massive rates In the third world countries For, again, compound interest Fast, massive returns and so on You get your little tiny wee percent At the, at the end of the, of the year And you wonder why you got it in the bank In the first place But this is the racket we live in of chronology again Everything we live in is called reality Is complete, cleverly set up, mind you Chronology This article here is European Stability Mechanism Doesn't that sound like Oh, it doesn't need to worry about, eh? It doesn't need to worry about I also put up a couple of PDFs about this too That came out from them And um, you can have a good laugh at that as well But it says here European Stability Mechanism What does it mean? Remember, we've got ones for North America too, because they're all signed under the BIS, the Buy for International Settlements, the private group again. It's an, so it's an intergovernmental organization located in Luxembourg City, which operates under public international law for all Eurozone member states having ratified a special ESM intergovernmental treaty. It was established on 27 December 2012 as a permanent firewall for the Eurozone to safeguard and provide instant access to financial assistance programs for member states of the Eurozone in, di- in financial difficulty with a maximum lending capacity of 500 euro, uh, million, billion, sorry 500 billion euros. It replaces two earlier temporary EU funding programs called the European Financial Stability Facility and the European Financial Stabilization Mechanism all new bailouts uh, for any Eurozone member states uh, will now be covered by ESM. While the EFSF, <laughs> I love it, isn't it? And the EFSM will continue to handle money transfers and program monitoring for the previously approved bailout loans to Ireland, Portugal and Greece. The treaty establishing the European Stability Mechanism stipulated that the organization would be established if member states representing 90% of its capital requirements ratified the founding treaty. This threshold was would, uh, would surpassed with Germany's completion, completion of the ratification process 27 December 2012, which brought the treaty into force on that date for 16 of the 17 members of the Eurozone. The remain, remaining state, Estonia, which had only committed of the capital completed its ratification on 4th October 2012. A separate treaty amending Article 136 of the Treaty on the Functioning of the European Union uh, to authorise the establishment of the ESM under EU law. You understand, this is meant, this is their typical, magical, uh, holy terminology they create, you see to completely bamboozle the ordinary person. Most of them will just give up before you read all this stuff. Well, I'll leave it in their hands at the top. They must know what they're doing. And we always get screwed. Right? Anyway, it was, it was planned to enter into 4th January 2013. However, the last of the then 27 European Union member states to complete the ratification of this amendment the Czech Republic did not do so until twenty-third of April two thousand thirteen, postponing its entry into force until May two thousand and thirteen. And it gives you the usual, as I say, magical um, terminology that they create to to bamboozle you. You know this mammon terminology of of making something that's so simple appear so difficult to the average person. And as true, the average person does say they, they must know what they're doing. I'll, I'll go back to sleep, I'll watch the stupid sports, and uh, I'll guzzle stacks of rotten movies and, and stuff like that, and, and I'll just whistle and play. Because they must know, my, my, my parents, because I how, how folks see governments today, they've been trained to look like that, they always think of themselves as children, no matter how old you are. Uh, my parents, the government, and the government, they, they'll take care of me. They must know what they're doing, they're very wise. Ooh, and then this one here too The Financial Stability Board I'll put that up as well uh, An international body that monitors and makes Recommendations about the global Financial system Established after the 2009 G20 London Summit in April 2009 as a successor To the Financial Stability Forum <laughs> The board includes all G20 major economies Um uh, FSF members and the European Commission based in Basel, Switzerland. Emerged from the Financial Stability Forum, blah, blah, a group of finance ministries, central bankers and international financial bodies. That's who put it together, supposedly. It was founded in 1999 to promote international financial stability after discussions amongst the finance ministers and central bank of governors of the G7 countries and I studied which they commissioned And it goes through that I'll put, this link, I'll put these articles up for you To wade through And uh, try and keep your sanity When you're doing it, folks Because I say Things that are very simple They obfuscate With incredible terminology And abbreviations and all the rest of it Until you throw your hands up It's not meant for you to understand sim- But it's really simple Simple, folks Anyway, here's the key part the Financial Stability Forum met in Rome 28th, 29th, March 2008 in connection with the Bank for International Settlements. Remember I read years ago about the Bank for International Settlements it was set up to, to bring in a global society and, and manage the, the the money and the debt of every country on the planet. We've all signed on to it under the bailing programs and so on. That was a plan. And they had that plan set out long, long ago, even in the 30s, in the last century onwards. And, they, and again, Carl Quigley, as I've mentioned before, uh, who was an insider uh, with a group that owns all the stuff and who makes world history by course, they always plan it in advance and make it happen. Uh, said that eventually the Bank for International Settlements would, would do exactly what I've just said, they will take over the financial systems of the world and the debt of the world and so on. Uh, they're going to be your new big, big slave masters, self-appointed, mind you, they're private, and um, uh, they are going to be the, the, the top ponchos from then on. I'll put this there tonight as well. Or, or, yeah, I'll put it up and you can know, have read for yourselves about it. It's very interesting. You already understand what it really means. Big, big, big uh, background behind it. And then you have EU. European Union takes member states to court over bailing laws to protect taxpayers. Brussels refer, refer six countries to the European Court of Justice over their failure to apply rules designed to stop taxpayer-funded bank rescues. Uh, the European Commission has taken legal action so on uh, against, uh, including the Netherlands, uh, Luxembourg, after they failed to implement rules protecting European taxpayers from funding billions in bank rescues. Six countries will be referred to the European Court of Justice for the continued failure to, to transpose the EU's bailing laws into national legislation. So once you join this stupid EU totalitarian organisation, it's in but democratic, it was never meant to be democratic, you've got a secret commission at the top and the whole thing that runs this whole empire of Europe now, uh, basically um, told all the countries that, that became s- colonies, really, sub-colonies of this big massive conglomerate instead of nations like they used to be, uh, they're telling them uh, they better get, you know, they're going to get fined and all better um, for not passing these laws in national legislation. Rafael comes after the Commission issued a warning against Poland, the Netherlands, Luxembourg, Sweden, Romania and the Czech Republic for their non-compliance earlier this year. The rules known as the Bank Recovery and Resolution Directive, birds for the BIRDS, are designed to stop citizens from ever having to foot the bill for saving banks from going bust, preventing a rerun of the events that imperiled Spain and Ireland in the wake of the financial crisis. And it says instead the bird will force, <laughs> I'm not kidding, you're you getting the bird from these guys, it will force private shareholders and depositors depositors, to automatically take a hit worth 8% of their total liabilities before any official rescue money can be used to prop them up. So they're going to steal your money first, right? Should the ECJ rule against the member states, governments could be hit with a daily fine until the directive is fully implemented. Here's this private organisation telling you what to do, because it's really um, on behalf of these private safeguard institutions that are set up under the BIS that tells the Euro uh, government what to do. You see. Europe's most powerful member state, Germany, has insisted on protecting citizens rather than private sector creditors uh, as its price for more financial risk sharing between governments across the Euro. And you can see what's, what's happening to Germany and all the countries too. Masses of immigrants cost billions, billions of dollars probably per week, the amount they might bring in and um, to house them and feed them clothing and all the rest of it and give them immediate welfare. So, I mean, you know, and, and we're supposed to get out. Of tra- this, everything's been set up to make everything happen for, for a massive crisis. It's deliberate, it's deliberate folks. You you don't try to stop a, a, a bleed from your arms, say, and at the same time as you're doing it, you cut your throat, you see. You don't say, we're going to try and save the banking system and, all, and the people's money and all the rest of it, and the taxpayer as well, as depositors. And that, can, that goes for your checking accounts too, folks. So I hope you realize that as well. They'll steal it as well. Uh, you, you, you don't, and then then you bring in masses of refugees, and house and feed them, and give them instant welfare. As you go down the tubes, and still try to get back on your feet. No, you, you, this is deliberate, and to give you the the, the lie, actually. Deposits of less than 100,000 euros Will still be protected under the new regime No it will not Because it's the first The, the very first Thing they do is grab the top depositors And they'll say well, still, We're still failing Then they go under that you see You see And they go into the Greek banks again To flout Brussels under the new billion rules And all this kind of stuff Now I'll put up to the International Monetary Fund It says uh, An international organization Headquartered in Washington, D.C. Of 188 countries Working to foster global monetary cooperation It's the headquarters Right Is in Washington, D.C. It says secure financial stability Facilitate international trade Promote high I I was going to say unemployment Because that's what it does and sustainable economic growth and reduce poverty around the world. You understand how many folk they are put under? You see, they give them the loans using your tax money, folks. This private institution uses your tax money to give loans out. And you think they're free and all that? Oh, ye. And then when the folk can't pay because of the compound interest and stuff, they get their brother, the international monetary, the 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 they the, the, uh, go well, basically they get themselves. What they do when you go under is they they, they they just grab your country as security. The whole country and everything in it, you see, to get their money back. They cut your health care, everything. Diabetics die, they can't get their insurance, all that kind of stuff. That's already happened in countries. hope you realize that. And over the course of a long time, they then own you, just like the Old Testament. They own you and everything in it, you know. If they they do manage to get all their money back, your tuberculosis is out of sight, and everything goes away because there's no treatment, no, no antibiotics, nothing. This is formed in 1944, At the Bretton Woods Conference. It uh, came into formal existence in forty-five with 29 member countries and the goal, that was the con you see they used, of reconstructing the international payment system. Countries contribute funds to a pool through a quota system from which the, uh, countries experiencing balance of payment difficulties can borrow money. So you can, b- you can borrow money from the wolf. <laughs> As of 2010, the fund had XDR uh, 476.8 billion, which is about uh, 70, 755.7 billion US dollars uh, at then current exchange rates, and so on. But uh, you should really go through this because you're going to hear a lot more in the near future when they start plundering you, your accounts, and and when you see uh, massive, even worse inflation than we have now. Inflation just means to me that uh, you get less and less and less for your, for your currency, for your pound, your euro, for your dollar, whatever it happens to be. Less and less and less. And then this, this is a doozy as well. This is a, another agreement, as they call it an intergovernmental uh, agreement, 21st May 2014, which did in Brussels, Belgium. And it says, uh, the single resolution mechanism is one of the main pillars of the European Union's banking union, but centrally implements, in particular, uh, participating in member states, the EU's Bank Recovery and Resolution Directive. Uh, it was created by an EU regulation that entered into force 19 August 2014. Then they go into the SRF as well and so on. And you can have a, a good laugh reading through this as well. If you think you're not going to get fleeced incredibly well, more so than you've ever been fleeced before, that says a lot. Because we, we're, I'm telling you, the idea, and we've got a lot of little tips and prompts that can make us remember, austerity, 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 for the last few years, and then you all forgot it again. But yet, little bits and almost subliminal austerity. You see, you're giving me the new system they wanted to bring in at the very beginning when they set up all these institutions long before The, the latest round, uh, but long way back, you know, even before the World War Two, was to bring in a global system run by experts. Anybody born it would be literally the like same they're doing in Scotland now under Gerfick. Monitor from birth to death, and inspected by experts to see what your opinions are and things. And if there's anything wrong with your opinions or anything at all, you'll be sent off to get to get your that screw loose in your head tightened a little bit and adjusted. You see, and I'm not kidding you here. There's lots of books out now by the very think tanks that worked for these big institutions. That are still here today, running things. The Economic and Financial Affairs Council, and guess what, what, what they call it, Economic and Financial Affairs Council, E-Coffin. Coffin is one of the oldest configurations of the Council of the European Union, and it's composed of the econ- economy, or economics and finance ministers of the 28 European Union member states, as well as budget ministers, when budgetary issues are discussed. He often, often works with the European Commissioner for Euro, uh, Economic and Financial Affairs and the President of the European Central Bank. And it gives you what its tasks are supposed to be and um, how it makes its, its supposed decisions and so on and how it delegates its tasks to the Code of Conduct group. Literally, you need a whole set of brand new encyclopedias, all based with their terminology and their groups and so on. Because if you think the world's run uh, in a straightforward, logical, simple manner, no, it's deliberately obfuscated to make it difficult to understand for the average person what actually is ever going on. Deliberately. That's how they do it. Yeah. And this other article too To do with markets and so on And markets Sell everything in 2016 Will be a cataclysmic year Warns the Royal Bank of Scotland Now I think in the last bailout uh, The Royal Bank of Scotland Already was owned pretty well Majority of shares were owned by the British government in London So it says that harrowing advice Is from the Royal Bank of Scotland Which has warned of a cataclysmic year, ahead for markets and advise clients to head for the exit. Don't wait, do not pass, go. Sell everything except high-quality bonds, warned Andrew Roberts in a note this week. He said the bank's red flags for 2016, falling oil, volatility in China, shrinking world trade, rising debt, weak corporate loans and deflation had all been seen in just the first week of trading. We think investors should be afraid, he said. Morgan Stanley warned this week that oil could touch $20 a barrel. RBS says if it falls below $30, then $16 is on the horizon. The world is in a global recession. No, it's called a depression, folks. We get countries, into, or a few countries, into a depression. That one, now they got the world into it, you see. It's working. It's working. Everything that's happening is, from your point of view, it's working, you see. They need it all to happen, to bring in the next part of the new system. So this terrible cocktail means investors should now be thinking about getting a return of capital, not return on capital. In other words, get your cash. RBS compares the market mood with that of 2008 before the collapse of Lehman Brothers and the start of the global financial crisis. Right now, actually, they're making room in money heaven The Greenspan said the money went to last time. Yep. Making room in their vaults for what's going to come in. And it says, Is this another 2008 for the stock market? At least then, American emerging markets were there to save the world from complete collapse by some, you lending, you borrow money from them. In China, you see. China uh, cannot this time around, let alone any other big emergency market. RBS remains deeply sceptical that Chinese authorities can right the ship any time soon. It warns that without allowing a massive devaluation of its currency, around 20%, China can be of no help. (laughs) We're past 20%, devaluing our currency for 20%, I mean, I'm sure China can do it too. RBS uh, believes China suffered a massive outflow of capital in December, perhaps as much as $170 billion, with much of that going straight into the dollar. It says, a chart showing the Chinese outflows in 2015 is surely now the most important chart in the world, concluded Roberts. And you can see this article for yourself too. Now I'll end tonight by one last article by Paul Craig Roberts, who shows you how the US, which is the same as every other country, manufactures its fake employment statistics month by month, and year by year. Everything in the system is chronology. This article shows you how governments always well a lie, basically. And, well pretty well all the time, but everything really. And that's just the way it is. Everywhere though, every country's the same. Yet another fabricated jobs report for the US. According to Friday's that's January January eighth, payroll job numbers. Almost 300,000 300, new jobs were created in December. Additionally, the previous two months were revised upward by 50,000 jobs. Partly, the equity market did not believe the report with the averages moving down today. And the author says, as, as he pointed out, almost monthly for what he thought could be approaching two decades, 20 years, the alleged job growth always takes place in non-tradable domestic services, that is, in areas that do not produce exports and have no competition from imports. Service economy, you see. He says, this is the job profile of a third world country. Britain is the same, other country in Europe is the same now pretty well. He says, 12 years ago, he says, I predicted at a major Washington, D.C. conference that was nationally televised that in 20 years the U.S., would have a third-world economy of jobs offshoring, which benefits only corporate executives and shareholders continued." And that's true, you know. They, when they signed a big deal years ago with China, through the, the private World Trade Organization, uh, and all your politicians were in, your jobs were all uplifted and shifted over to China and you paid for them to transport over there, by the way, and to set up and their buildings and everything over in China. And you also paid for any loss in profits that they claimed they would have made for the next 15 years in doing so, you see. Canada did the same. Every other country signed on to did the same thing. Then you too, you'd be into a service economy. Getting back to the article that says, Jobs offshoring has continued in judging by the payroll jobs reports from the U.S. government. The U.S. Are, is already a third world economy. The prostitute financial media always reports the alleged jobs increase as if it were a great thing. testimony to the continuing strength of the American economy and so forth. Only if a handful of us look at the data and reveal its meaning. to um, Allegedly, the U.S. economy has been in recovery since if memory serves, June 2009. If so, it's an unusual recovery. Normally that the rising job opportunities associated with economic recoveries bring entrance into labor force. But the US labor force participation rate has been declining. In December 2015, there are 1,185,000 fewer Americans in labor force than in December 2014. Yet the working age population is higher today than a year ago. The reported unemployment rate does not include discouraged workers. That's workers who are unable to find jobs, and they then have ceased to look, look for work. They fed up they, after maybe a year or two trying. They give up. The reported unemployment rate of five percent only counts non-discouraged workers who are still expecting to find a job. The actual unemployment rate, that is the rate that includes Americans who have given up hope of finding employment, is 23%. Currently, there are forty-nine thousand, no, 49,691,000 Americans of working age who are not in the labor force. In other words, the U.S. gross domestic product is deprived of a large percentage of its labor input. Now we'll pay attention unlike the financial press chief media to the age groups who benefited, according to the BLS, from the 292,000 December new jobs. About half of the alleged new jobs, 142,000, went to the 55 years old over an age group. This age group consists primarily of retirees who found it necessary to supplement their retirement incomes and those of their near retirement who are not working in order to compensate for the lack of interest in their savings due to the Federal Reserve's zero interest rate policy. These are part-time, lowly paid jobs without benefits. Americans of prime working age, aged 25 years old to 54 years old, only received 16,000 or 5% of the new jobs. Those aged 46 to 54 lost 165,000 jobs, in other words, middle-aged people are losing their jobs before they can provide for their retirement. There are 527,000 more Americans working multiple jobs in December 2015 than in December 2014. Now, as we've done so often for many years, let's look at the make-believe jobs that the BLS claims. Almost all of them are in lowly paid domestic services, such as waitresses, bartenders, couriers, messengers, employment services, social services, and healthcare, primarily ambulatory health care services. The conclusion is that if we believe the payroll jobs report, the U.S. is now an economy that only creates third-world jobs and lowly-paid domestic services. And yet this non-economy on the verge of collapse is said by the idiots in Washington to be a superpower. But as I said, you know, governments cannot tell the truth. They never tell the truth about anything. Never, ever. And they're all, all the governments are the same. It's the first thing anybody's taught and once you get up there into civil service and so on near the top. Uh, they, give, find, they find ways to fool the public. We can't give them this bad news. Must keep them in fantasy land, you see. And that's how it all works. It's all illusion. And most folk believe it, unfortunately. The ones that are still doing well, like the ones who are still civil services or work for government or something, are, they, they still believe it all, and teachers and so on. The general population working at their rotten jobs, that don't get indissolute related pensions and all the rest of it, and all the uh, golden parishes. Uh, the ordinary folk, uh, I think they're kind of wising up to an extent. They know it's been a con for an awful long time regarding jobs. Remember, folks, too, by can buy the books and discs at cuttingsreviews dot com. Help me tick along. You get donate as well to help me tick along. I know most you're exhausted after Christmas and all that, as you 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 go off buying all the presents because you're trained from birth to do so by the commercial racketeers at the top. Uh, everything that's supposed to even be holy gets turned into massive profit for the. <laughs> the whole system is rigged, folks. From Hamish myself you might hear Hamish once in a while when I'm talking snoring in the background as he goes lying on his, at least down in his bed when I'm talking and he says oh here he goes again with that droning prattle and falls asleep anyway from Hamish myself from Ontario Canada it's good night may your God your gods go with you